Ken, just taking you off mute, Ken, so you can hear me. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Excellent. Thank you, Ken. Yeah, absolutely. Pleasure to have you take the time to have a chat with us about what's happening with Swiss, etc. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be a good one. So, Ken, let, let's go right back to the very beginning and let's start with yourself. I want you to give the, the listeners a little bit of an insight into Ken Kanakin's story. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I've been uh, competing in uh, powerlifting and bodybuilding for about 40 years. So, um, actually, I competed in bodybuilding in the 70s and 80s and then left that to compete in powerlifting and uh, have uh, continued. In fact, I just competed last weekend. So, my 40th year of uh, competing in powerlifting. And one of the things that I found that would take away from uh, your success in lifting, whether it be bodybuilding or powerlifting or any of the weight training sports, um, is an injury, which uh, I sustained quite a few. And that actually inspired me to go into chiropractic. And because uh, I went through the other fields, and uh, whether it be medicine or physio, and um, there just wasn't enough manual work uh, that uh, you would learn. And the only person that was able to help me, because I sustained uh, an injury when I was getting ready for the national championships here in Canada. And um, so, chiropractor, you know, I, I had a. Uh, knee injury and for eight months i couldn't squat over 400 at that time i was squatting over 500 and um but i could run jump do everything um go up and down stairs everything was fine but as soon as i went over 400 pounds in squat my right knee would have a lot of pain and everyone said well it's a squat and i said no it isn't because my left knee is fine so you know i went through all the different routes and finally went to a chiropractor and he basically did some muscle testing and found out that it was actually my sacroiliac joint that basically inhibited the right side neurologically. So once I overloaded the uh, joint structure, uh, it would just be uh, impaired, it wouldn't be as strong. So literally back two, three weeks of uh, treatments, um, uh, chiropractic adjustments with the sacroiliac and lumbar spine, I was back uh, squatting over 500 pounds pain-free, and that inspired me to go to school. And then from that, then I also saw the need for uh, my profession, and actually all professions, to understand what a weight training injury is. Because most of the sports, whether they be in a collision type of sport of hockey, football, rugby, or um, long-distance um, type of uh, events, whether it be swimming or running or triathlon or biking, those are all different types of injuries. In weight training, we push it to the ax, you know, the absolute maximum. And uh, if there is any dysfunctions in the muscle joint or neurological system, it will be exposed and, and that's the whole key. So, so that's what I've been doing. Yeah, chiropractic's got an interesting history because like any other paradigm in, in life, the solutions weren't being found and, and and a person or persons came up with solutions. So yeah, I'm sure you're more familiar than I am with the, the origin and the history of chiropractic. You want to give us 30 seconds on that? Yeah, um, chiropractic has been around since the late 1800s. And what they found was that uh, if there is any 
uh, neurological dysfunction, um, especially coming off the spine. Um, if there's any uh, abnormal motion, um, you see a decrease in uh, the ability of the nervous system to function correctly. And this will show up in symptoms. Primarily what you'll see is pain, especially within the low back, and also impairment of certain um, uh, structures, whether it be the arms or legs or anything else of that nature. And there also can be an influence of, uh, if there is a spinal problem, it can influence the visceral, the, the organs. So many times the nervous system uh, supply to the stomach area comes from the mid back. So for a lot of people, in order to fix their stomach problems, you would adjust their mid back. And uh, that would help if, if that's what the actual cause is and vice versa. If you have a stomach problem, that can basically reflexly give you, you know, mid back pain. So a lot of times um, you're, you're treating the wrong thing. And uh, so combination of the two usually makes a big, big difference. And I would say in the past, 10, 15 years, we're starting to see that um, the chiropractic adjustments not only influence the nervous system, but also the brain. And so these chronic long-term problems um, can be helped through uh, different types of adjustments to restore normal neurological function. That's all we're trying to do. Now, most of the people listening are probably too young to remember, which is a probably a good thing, uh, history moving on. But uh, I certainly remember the, the decades when chiropractic was, um, let's say, discouraged by the medical fraternity. Yeah, there was a huge uh, war uh, between the two, uh, primarily in the 1930s, 1940s, 1950s. Here in Canada, United States, uh, there used to be chiropractic hospitals. And what had happened was that the medical um, establishment, the medical administration, um, they they deemed that chiropractic was practicing medicine without a license or yeah without a license and and also uh, wasn't um, uh, appropriate and um, so the number of chiropractors actually went to jail uh, for that and uh, some of them actually died in jail too so that created a lot of you know not happy feelings between the two professions for a number of decades. And uh, I would say in the past 20 years, that is uh, reversed where, you know, medicine sees the uh, strength of chiropractic, its strengths and weaknesses. Um, and uh, same thing with chiropractic in the sense of, we also are able to work with uh, physicians. Uh, I worked in a chronic pain clinic for five years with 13 medical doctors that focused on chronic pain. And so I got to see uphand, you know, very close, uh, how they work, and they also got to see how I work, and and the synergy and um, understanding uh, how how what you should be doing at different times, because sometimes a problem doesn't just need medication; it needs a physical aspect, and vice versa. If the injury is too severe, um, the last place you want to be is in the chiropractic office. You actually need surgery. So I refer out all the time and try and work with as many health professionals as possible. Excellent. We share that in Australia, probably a few decades behind North America in terms of the lack of acceptance or the non-acceptance of the medical fraternity. My first real injury breakthrough came from a chiropractor. 
in at a time when chiropractors were being actively discouraged by the doctors. So uh, I, I got an early respect for chiropractic and, and therefore I'm very happy to to give back and be part of that because it's certainly uh, for my, my lower back injury at the time, it was the, the only person who was giving me relief was a chiropractor. Yeah, you know, if, if, if that's what the problem is, it works fantastic. If, that's, if that is not what the problem is, which in our profession, and it is changing now, where um, before it was just, we would just do adjustments and just work on the spine and kind of forget about the muscles and understanding that, you know, you do need some rehabilitation and some strengthening. Otherwise you keep coming back and the problem keeps coming back. So now we're starting to venture further and further into the rehabilitation aspect. And I have noticed that, and I, as you said, it is, it's a healthy expansion of, of, of skill set. Um, and you've, you've added yourself um, qualifications like the ART and, became very mm -hmm. popular with the chiropractors and, and, and I guess they continue to expand, look for opportunities to to supplement, complement what they're offering with the spine. Absolutely, absolutely. What I find is everything works, it just doesn't work all the time. And um, so you got to find, and that's the true art of um, any type of profession is trying to determine what is needed, what is not needed, and how effective can it be. And the willingness to say, you know, put your hand up when you feel it might not be the solution. Exactly. Yeah. I, like I said, I refer out all the time because there's just some things that are beyond my scope. And we're starting to get into regenerative type of medicine now. Where we're starting getting into PRP, stem cell, um, a number of other products that can really help um, rehabilitate the muscular structure due to the damage. And then from there, then you can... Uh, do any type of work, whether it be ART, chiropractic, acupuncture, laser, rehabilitation exercises, all of that and can make a big difference as long as the structure is sound. Yeah, looking forward to the promise of that, um, of the stem cell. We'll see where that goes. So, can I, I don't even remember how we, you know, our paths crossed. It's, it was that long ago. I'm, I'm trying to remember. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, in the early uh, 2000s. I think you came out here in 2001, 2002 for Swiss, and uh, yeah, it was it was a big hit. Um, heard uh, this one character out in Australia, Ian King, and uh, thought, you know what, we've got to find out what uh, what they're doing on the other side of the pond. Yes, yeah, so it, it was certainly an eye-opener for me to to see what you were doing with Swiss and in, in the event. Before we get into the the annual event, let's go back on the on the on the history of the of Swiss itself. So, when did you start it out, and and, and what did you start with? Um, I started it in 1999. Was the very first one, and what it was was uh, for me it was it was a giant experiment. I wanted to see whether or not it would work, and so I was teaching. Um, chiropractors and uh, trainers across Canada, United States in different areas as far as treatment, rehabilitation, some nutrition. And I started to see a real paradigm where the chiropractors really had no idea on uh, weight training and the trainers really didn't understand um, how to work with people that are injured. And so their thoughts are always, you know, they, their only modality is exercise and strength training. So they would give them strength training aspects 
for their program and they would fail because they didn't realize that the system itself was dysfunctional, whether it be a spinal or muscular issue or anything else of that nature. So uh, it wasn't working correctly. So my focus was to try and get the health professionals and the fitness professionals to work together. Number one, uh, try and build a platform of education um, and to bring in the best in the world and, and have a discussion about that. And we can cross pollinate, but also we can also refer over so if a trainer has someone that uh, is injured that they can uh, see someone that can actually help and vice versa if uh, myself in chiropractic if i'm you know restoring the normal motion into the you know structure into the joints i know that it needs conditioning and you know that's not where my focus and time should be it should be treating and i can refer you know to the uh, trainers and have them strengthen it up so um a combination of the two worked out really really well and when i did it in 1999 i uh, i think there was about uh, a little over 400 people that showed up and so i was i was shocked um as far as the uh, interest and from there i just started getting bigger and bigger so in the early days, were, were there any obstacles? You know, it's not an easy thing to run a, a convention the size of what you're running. Were, were there any any obstacles, uh, you know, from a professional or organisational point of view? Yeah, there 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 always is obstacles. Um, one is uh, the different professions didn't really embrace it, primarily because I was a chiropractor, so I didn't get much support from the medical community or the physiotherapy community or the athletic trainer community. So primarily who showed up was the chiropractors, the massage therapists, the osteopaths, naturopaths, strength coaches, personal trainers, and the weight training athletes. And partially because they, the, the different professions, med medicine and physiotherapy, unfortunately, would kind of look at what I was doing and, and deem it, well, it's chiropractic, which, you know, I think we had one or two sessions on chiropractic. Everything else was on strength training and nutrition. Um, but yeah, there was there was some uh, what I deem as profession racism, where you basically make a judgment against something without really even understanding it, and um, and it's changed over the years. It is getting better. It's still there, just because people have their own views of what you know what I do and and how I do things. But you know, I've I've just moved on from that, and, uh, primarily just work with people that you know want want to work with me and to be, be exposed to some of the best in the world with uh, some of the different presenters I bring in. Yeah, that, that bigotry is always a challenge to overcome. So moving, I mean, you've been doing it now for what, um, oof, nearly 20 years? Nearly 20 years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I held it in 99, 2000, 2001, 2002. And in 2003, we had a, an event here um, called SARS where uh, they were shutting down hospitals and everything else so it was a, it was a bad infection and uh, so no one wanted to come to Toronto which presenters and you know delegates which I fully understand so uh, so I cancelled it that year held it in 2004 and then held the last one in 2005 I started seeing 2005 people weren't coming out as much uh, the internet was just really catching on then so People wanted smaller seminars and uh, they didn't want to go to events 
they they deemed that they could get all the information from YouTube and the internet. So I, I focused more on my clinic and built a training center in the back of my clinic and focused on that for uh, 10 years. And uh, was hoping that someone else would kind of pick up the ball and no one did. <laughs> so, so I came back in 2015 and uh, it was a huge success that way. Which was going to be my next question because there's a lot of, a lot of talk in education as to the role of the internet versus the destination event. So, you know, you, you, you felt that shift in the early 2000s. What, what are you thinking now? You, you, you've come back, you've done it again. What's your, what's your thoughts on the trade-off or the realities? You know, the, the theory is that people are happy to sit behind, you know, stay at home and, and do an online webinar. Um, but what's the reality for you? What I'm starting to see is that it's a combination. Um, Swiss has always been more focused on uh, people want to meet the presenters. So I'm more name-based as opposed to event-based. What I mean by that is that, you know, if you go to these large conferences and, you know, they're going to be a session on Zumba, you really don't care who's teaching the class. You just want to go do Zumba. But, I mean, it's different if uh, Dorian Yates comes or a Bill Kazmaier or an Ed Cohn or, you know, Ian King, you know, they, they, they want to meet the people in person. And uh, ironically, what they want, number one, is a selfie. So everyone wants pictures with, with all these different legends that are around. They also want to interact with them. And I, I think it's, it's been a weird dichotomy where you have Facebook and you can have 5,000 friends, but you've never met these people. So it's a very um, empty type of friendship as opposed to um, meeting people in person and to be able to connect. And uh, that's what I find. You know, with Swiss, what I've noticed over the years is that, and I, I think you have also noticed it, is that the presentations are fantastic. They're, they're you know, top notch. But where you really learn is in the hallways in in the you know uh, in the restaurants in the bathrooms you get to meet these people for real and you can ask them questions and you can see the interactions with them and you can also see them interact with other presenters and with all the different presenters they raise the bar for everyone especially when you get two or three of them together so when you get a Stu mcgill talking to dave tate who's also talking to, you know, jail uh, Holdsworth and they're discussing something and all of a sudden Eric Serrano shows up and, you know, they're discussing some kind of neat ideas and you can actually be a fly in the wall. You can just, you know, step right up and listen to the, you know, the conversations of all these giant brains going through and, and creating new paradigms literally right in front of you. So you don't get that, you know, online, you don't get that, you know, conceptual, you know, aspect of it, or the ability to ask questions and, and have them answered by maybe two or three or four different people. So it's it's a different experience. Absolutely. And one of the things I learned early on about going to conventions is you learn more in the trade show, so to speak, outside yeah. of the, the lecture room than you do in the in the lecture room. And yes, a hundred percent. And that's what I tell people. The presentations are fantastic, but it's in the hallway. It's in between. So that's why I actually have, uh, you know, the sessions are, uh, there's a half hour break 
which gives you enough time to go and you know chat you know with uh, different people meet different people you know uh, take some pictures it's an experience and that's what people are really missing nowadays you know you can sit behind the keyboard and you know get more and more information but the application is very difficult you know so you know this year mike Leahy is coming you know it's been since you know 2002 since he's been here and he's advanced you know active release technique where it's at a level two and and uh, the new concepts on that and so in the sessions you'll actually be able to do that you know, along with you know david leaf with the muscle testing and i know you always interact with people and people are always looking for those cues you know those things that you got to, to to be able to see how you see things and um, you know same thing i put uh, bill kazmaier and ed Cohn together where it's going to be a legendary powerlifting workshop where you know ed and kaz will talk about how they train what their styles are and then you get an opportunity to get coached by them up on stage for your squat what are the different things so not only do you do you uh, personally uh, are able to become a better lifter you watch what they look for. And that's what everyone is always kind of missing is that what are the cues? How how are you seeing these different things that make such a huge, huge change in your lifts? But are the people like the Casimir, when I was a young competitor and looking at Casimir and what he was doing and buying his books and you know, an incredible legend and such a, such a huge man figuratively and literally and then you get to to be in his face and, and and many others it's like it's almost like the time you turn your head you see someone who you think wow i never thought i'd get to meet that person yeah and and that's the cool part like i've held the symposium at different uh venues and the uh, hilton hotel is by far the best because of, of the the hallways are along we have our own little lobby area so when you're walking down the hallway you can't help but you know bump into Kaz or Dorian Yates or Christian Thibodeau, you know, or anything, you know, or Ian King, Rick Collins, Mauro Di Pasquale, you know, they're all there, you know, and the cool part is, which I don't see at too many uh, events, is that the presenters sit in the other presenters' presentations. Usually, most of the time, and I, I also do this at times, depending on who is presenting, is you present and then you leave. <laughs> But I mean, everyone wants to come because they want to see everyone else. And it just turns into a giant party and everyone is sitting in and listening. You know, how how how, how do they do that? So when Kaz was presenting in Swiss 2016, the person that was sitting in the front row was Stu McGill. You know, so he's trying to you know figure out how did Kaz get so strong? What are the different techniques that he did? So even though Stu is one of the top people in the world, you know, for low back pain and strength and everything else, he's still very open and actually a huge fan of a lot of the different lifters, uh, primarily because they have achieved things that are almost superhuman. Yeah, this humility that runs through your event is is very rare. Now, I look back to the 80s and going to national events in the North America and then moving into the 90s and seeing the shift. And I'll never forget the image I have. One day I got in a lift. Um, I got in a lift with, with uh, a few people and one of them was one of the, one of the, the persons responsible for starting the NSA in, 
in America, and you know he was good to me because he remembered me back from the eighties. But there was another film that I'd never seen before, and he had a uh, you know these little things that you put on your um you know on your your name tag and, the, and your, your certification, your accreditation, and and his went past his groin. You know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> and I, I don't think he was even a practitioner. I think he might have been an administrator, but. Um, you know, the, just the sense of the hierarchy or, you know, I'm more important than you are. And the, the absolutely refreshing aspect about Swiss is that there is no ego and, and there's no, there's no, um, you know, there's no levels, you know, basically equal opportunities given to everybody to learn. It is. It really is. Like, I mean, you know, to have an ego at Swiss is, it's not a very good idea. Like, I mean, <laughs> if, if you're walking around with a lat spread and you think you're all jacked up and all of a sudden Dorian walks by, it's kind of like, yeah, maybe I should, you know, be that way. <laughs> or, you know, you think that you're all that because you bench 400 and Kazmaier walks by. It's just, and, and vice versa in the sense of you may be strong, but um, you're not, you know, you don't have the background, the PhD, the science, like Stu McGill, you know, or Mauro Di Pasquale. And, and when you see how these people conduct themselves, where the, there really is no ego, they, they, they want to learn, they're very smart, and they're very confident, but they don't have to, you know, pretend and, and be bigger than what they really are. They already know that they've done it. And in fact, the humility and the approachability of them is what makes them even better. Yeah, absolutely. The, the the recognition that if there is a better way, we're gonna we need to take it on. Yeah, hundred percent. So that's the cool part. Yeah, everyone pretty much leaves their ego at the door. There's a few people, you know, years past, and you know some of them. Um, and and even they changed because I mean they they knew that all these people turned all the top presenters turned on them, and they were like, "Why are you being a dick? Like, I mean, just <laughs> just lighten up." You know, you're, you're smart. We already get that. Just just have some fun. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, um, yeah, sitting out there at the dinner table, you know, when you invite all this, the, the, some of the groups out for dinner, it's like you know, it's, it's hard to find a seat at the table. There's such big men. Yeah, yeah, it really is. There is a lot of neck optional characters walking around. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about this year's event. How's it shaping up, Ken? You know, so I've been doing this close to 20 years, and uh, honestly, I think this is the best one that I've ever done, primarily because everyone is showing up. Um, I had to change the date three times just to try and accommodate some of the different lifters and the different people coming in, but the the quality um, is, is unbelievable, but even the structure, and I, I don't know how I actually did this, but when I started looking at it, um, I went, wow, this is, this is actually pretty tremendous. One of the things I'm gonna do at Swiss is just ask all the presenters, you know, just give the people one thing that is actionable and that can be done on Monday morning. Uh, what tends to happen is that it's almost like uh, drinking out of a fire hose because it's just so much information and it's at such a high level that you don't know what to do with it. So one of the main things and main focuses this year is just give people one thing. 
just one thing spend 10 minutes on it and for the rest of the time you can go off and teach all the other stuff but just make something actionable now now the interesting thing is that because there's 40 or 50 presenters you're going to get 40 or 51 things which is still a lot but at least you'll find some actionable things that you'll be able to do the second thing is within the nutrition i've never had a theme for nutrition i always had a theme for the body as far as you know uh, in swiss 2016 it was the lower body it was the back so we had stu mcgill and everyone else talking about back rehab and strengthening uh, this year will be for the upper body um, but nutrition i just sort of allowed people to do what they wanted to do and it was wasn't very cohesive this year is focused on hormones and uh how it's actually playing out is actually pretty tremendous so uh, i have two presenters uh, doug caparino and uh, phil uh, richards out of the uk uh they're going to be talking about uh, blood lab testing and then how to actually read it and uh, the thing i learned with uh, phil richards when i saw him last year in ireland was that a lot of times we take a look at the blood results and we'll see something like um, uh, testosterone is low and so the automatic thing is well let's just give you testosterone to increase it without ever asking the question why is it low is it aromatizing it to something else is it uh is it steroid hormone binding globulin you know uh, causing some uh, issues here um and and so really try and determine one of some of the different dysfunctions that can occur so you'll learn on actually how to read uh, blood blood results and uh, the interpretation of that and in the second level will be why do hormones get all you know messed up and so i got uh, dr robert silverman and um also dr krim dehani uh talking is basically is it a toxicity problem is it an organ dysfunction causing a hormonal dysfunction in that area and then I also have Kelly Armstrong with the MPS Dolphin. It's an acupuncture unit, and she's going to be doing it on concussions. And what we're starting to see in the past few years is that if you've ever had any head trauma, which you know most people have, the the releasing hormones out of the hypothalamus, pituitary, and everything else, they stem from the brain. So you can actually create a hormonal problem from a brain injury. So that will be discussed. Then I have Darren Willoughby and uh, David Sandler talking about supplements for the hormones, which ones work, which ones don't, and even more importantly, how effective are they? You know, so, you know, do we have to buy into these ads that we see in all the magazines? And then we bring in, you know, the, the big guns. So I got Mauro Di Pasquale. He's going to talk about insulin. Eric Serrano is going to talk about testosterone. Um, Victoria Felkar, she's going to be discussing Femchem, which is women's health, birth control, and steroids. Um, and then I also have uh, Jay Campbell and Jim Brown. They wrote a book on testosterone optimization therapy because we're starting to see more and more men and some women that are low in testosterone, and sometimes they need testosterone replacement therapy. How do you do it effectively? What is the best way to administrate that? And then uh, the one really interesting person will be uh, uh, William Llewellyn, who wrote the Anabolic Reference Guide. Uh, it's an 832 page book, uh, all on drugs. And so, you know, he's going to be talking about, you know, the whole aspect of uh, 
of the actual drugs and the new drugs that are out there, SARMs and peptides and everything else. What is effective, what isn't, and, and how does it work? So I'm taking everyone from the spectrum from how to test it, where does this hormone system break down? What supplements work if you are low? How does all the different hormones interact? And that's Maro and Eric and Victoria. And then, uh, uh, you know, putting it all together as far as putting them all up on stage and we're going to be doing another steroid panel. So uh, putting everyone up in, in a panel discussion. What's the state of the industry? Where is it going? You know, and, and what needs to be done? Because I'm just starting to see more and more of my patients are getting uh, sick. They're getting injured by doing uh, stupid shit uh, that they're learning on YouTube. All this bro science of, you know, yeah, let's just increase the dosage and without really understanding what you're doing. And then you you basically have to suffer the after effects of it because you know it, there will be you know after effects. Um, so the, just the whole continuum of um, how to straighten out the hormones because if that's off, I don't care how good your diet is, your training, and everything else. If you're hormonally depleted, it's it's tough. It's tough. And you know if you're going to compete, it's even tougher. So that, that is probably one of the most exciting things for me. The second thing is um, I have the original three major presenters that I started with in 1999, and that was Dr. Mauro Di Pasquale, Dr. Mike Leahy, and Dr. David Leaf. They were the main people that came out to support, and all three of them are back uh, first time uh, since actually 1999. So that's pretty amazing. I'm, I'm super happy about that. Um, yeah, there's just so many different aspects uh, from the powerlifting. So I'm doing a powerlifting panel, old school versus new school, raw versus equipped. Um, I have uh, for the female competitors on their training, a panel of women that are IFBB pros, um, therapists, uh, nutritionists, um, and all talking as far as, you know, for women, if you're going to compete, how, how do you do it? What is the expectation? And uh, a real discussion around that. And then also doing the Swiss rehab panel where, you know, uh, this year will be the upper body on the bench press. And everyone gets to turn me into a pretzel by showing their different rehab exercises, assessments and everything else. So that's probably one of the more popular presentations. But by far, this is the most fun, the most interactive, and uh, so many key things that are coming out of it. And almost every day, I get someone else wanting to present, and I'm trying to figure out how to get these you know, world-class people to also come in. So um, I might, I'm working on how to do that. So there may be another stream. There's four streams. There's a training stream, a rehab stream, a nutrition stream, and a treatment stream. They all go at the same time. Um, and so you just get to pick and choose. And if you like a presenter, great. And if you don't, you can walk out and check someone else out. But uh, you'll, the biggest challenge that people have is they, they don't know what to go to because there's just too many good presenters all at the same time. So that's why it's been excellent that the presenters have allowed me to videotape them. And uh, so you'll be able to see the presentations uh, for the ones that you missed. So I'm, I'm obviously got my head spinning now. I'm trying to work out how to clone myself for this year. But 
uh, over and above that um, to be in everyone's presentations. Over and above that, I've always been in awe of how many good people you know. Um, so I've got to, got to ask, how do you do it? How, how do you get so many good people? Oh, I think I know the answer. But I mean, you know yeah. a lot of people. I, 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 think, I think there's a few different reasons. Number one, I treat everyone really well, as best as I can. I've been a presenter for decades. I know what it feels like to be treated well, to be paid well, to uh, you know, create an environment where it's open, where it's fun. Um, so they, they know that they'll be taken care of um, and, and it will be a lot of fun for them. So not only, you know, they're, they're not necessarily doing it from a financial aspect, they just want to be part of it in the sense of, you know, there's some really, really good people that are there. Um, you know, for for a lot of these, you know, presenters, you know, it's kind of like, you know, old home week where, you know, they get to hang out and, and catch up with all their friends and discuss where they've been and what they've been doing. So so that works really well. I think the other thing is that everyone leaves the ego at the door, you know, primarily. So, you know, that makes it a real fun experience. Uh, the presentations are literally top notch. Um, this is not a beginner type of symposium. So if you just started training, probably not the best idea to go. Um, if you've been training for a bit and understand weight training and, and everything else and you want to learn, this is where you're going to learn. And you'll see stuff that you've never, ever seen before. And, you know, you can kind of poo-poo. It's like, well, how can that work? It doesn't make any sense. The biggest thing is that a lot of times things that are presented, we know it empirically, but we don't have the technology in order to be able to test it and to create a model of how it works. So that's the biggest thing. So, you know, and the other thing that's so unique is that um, like for myself and chiropractic, a lot of times I'll go to a chiropractic conference and it's all just chiropractors. And what do we talk about? Just chiropractic, and which is fantastic. Um, but when you throw in nutrition, when you throw in rehab, and when you throw in all the top powerlifters in the world, you know, whether they be a Dave Tate, Matt Wenning, Jill Holdsworth, Stan Efferding's coming, you know, Ken Wetham's coming, you know, uh, Kaz and Cohn are coming also, Wendler's coming. So he's going to do it on high school strength training. So it's just such a great group of people. And they just all want to hang out and, and have fun and um, and just interact. So the biggest thing is if you treat people well, I take care of all their expenses, you know, I pay them well, you know, and uh, they get to have a lot of fun. And uh, so that's, that's, that's the fun part uh, for it. So I, all the years of me putting it together from the years before, they're sort of like, yeah, Ken's done a good job and it's and, and it's a good experience for the presenters too. Well, I've got to tell you, Ken, I've, I've been involved both as a presenter as well as an, an organiser of national events and I've never been looked after as well as you look after your your presenters. So when I say looked after, I'm talking about going the extra mile, just the, just the little extra things that you, yeah. that you do that you, you, you never see, you just, you know, and you never forget. Yeah, you know, that's the biggest thing. You know, like I've said, I've learned just over the years of what it's like to be on the other side of 
you know, being a presenter and, and how well you can be taken care of or not be, be well taken care of. And, uh, and, and you remember those things. So, yeah, I, I, I really try and go out of my way to try and uh, make it a great experience for everyone. The uh, attendees, definitely, and also for uh, the presenters. And it just makes for a real experience. And if, if, I, if I'm able to do that, then, then it works out really, really well. It takes me a couple of years to put it together. Uh, just, <laughs> yeah, because I pretty much do it by myself. Uh, that's what people don't realize. I don't have a huge staff. Um, it's pretty much me doing all that. So when you see all these different posts and all the little memes and all the little pictures and all that, that's that's pretty much me, you know, doing it. And uh, primarily because I enjoy it. And uh, but also it does get done. I've unfortunately, and you know this, that you sometimes delegate it to different people and it doesn't get done. <laughs> so. So it, it, it's a lot of work, you know, especially when you are in clinic full time. So, but yeah, it's, it's a real uh, passion of love. And uh, I have a good uh, team at the hotel that we already know what to do. So, you know, we just uh, replicate it and go from there. So it's, it's been good, but I'll be holding it every two years, uh, holding it every year, I think um, doesn't work as well um, because primarily people, deem it as far as you know oh i've already seen this person or and it's hard to find really top-notch people all the time so and a lot of the presenters are booked out a year in advance so that's what i'm trying to focus in on i understand that fully and you do have a great team there i've got yeah. well, between us we've got a few of our friends on the line and i just want to make sure they know that if they had a question for ken uh, I'll, I'll take them off mute um so I'm just going to keep an eye on the panel here, and, and, and if, you, if you've got anything you want to share with Ken at all, uh, question, comment, um, just put your hand up electronically speaking, and I'll, I'll bring you uh, bring you on to the line live. So Ken, yes, last, what's I, I know you're a, a good man for supporting charity. And there was there was a few things that we supported the last time. You got anything in mind this time? Yeah, we supported the uh, rescue dogs. Uh, we had a rescue dog, uh, Ozzy, that um, uh, you know went through some you know hard times. You know when he was a pup, six months old, uh, some dickhead uh, took a two by four and broke his back, so he couldn't uh, walk. So. Um, Sue, my girlfriend, she re she got him and rehabilitated him and taught him how to swim, and he he was able to you know walk uh, again. Um, and you saw him at Swiss a few different times, and he um, he would shake just because it was a neurological disorder from from a broken back. But uh, he was he was a great dog. Like I mean, it was just it was just amazing, you know, for that. Uh, this year, um, I'm not able to do that just because of the hotel structure. We're doing it on uh, Friday night, all day Saturday, and uh, partially on Sunday. But there's another event that is there, so I, I couldn't get enough time in order to support uh, create a support. I still might do something uh, off the side. I'm still working with some different people, but I won't have it structured where we did the Aussie talks. 
And uh, those, these were sort of like 20 minute sessions that went over actually quite well. And they were for people that wanted to present and maybe they haven't presented in a big venue or in a major event like Swiss. So it launched a number of different people and uh, create the confidence on that. So this year I won't be able to do it. I'll probably be able to do it next time though, uh, just uh, based on the hotel. I'm sure we'll find something to support it. Just supporting Swiss alone is, is, is massive. And, and I, I, I think most of presenters will turn up whether you paid them or not, Ken, to be honest. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's it's nice to see everyone show up and be supportive. And, and you know what? You know what's the real cool thing is that everyone just wants to share. And that's everyone drops the ego and sort of like, how can I help you? Well, you know, what, what needs to be done? Oh, you want a treatment right now? Not a problem. We'll treat you right now. So it's 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 very very open and 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 when you have I, I, you know uh, you, one of the exhibit booths um, Kelly Armstrong Dr Bruce they were using the MPS dolphin and uh, so they were treating someone and then Serrano walks up and he's kind of talking about some stuff and then David Leaf comes up and he starts doing muscle testing so this this fortunate person had three of the top people in the world working on him all at the same time and you didn't have to pay for it so that's just that you know everyone just wants to share everyone just wants to you know how can i help what, what questions can i ask oh i don't know what that question is this person knows let's go talk to them you know and at the same time we'll we'll take a selfie <laughs> so you've had great support from some of your exhibitors as well if you wanted to, to touch on any of them yeah, so a number of them are coming. Uh, they're coming back, and um, the main ones, I just wrote it down here. Um, yeah, we're gonna have some supplement companies. We're gonna have uh, the acupuncture uh, people there. Um, uh, I heard today that some uh, people that do taping are going to be there, some nutrition programs. Um, I met with uh, someone else with the pulse magnetic field. I have actually uh, six of the different units uh, of them. So they just said today that they're going to be coming. So you'll see pulse magnetic field uh, therapy units, how to use it and how, how it actually is used and for what. I'm pretty sure Human Kinetics, the book publisher, will be there. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be fun. There's, a, I'm also looking at another company, uh, Smart Tools, and they do blood flow restriction training, uh, but the intelligent way, not just wrap a piece of tubing around your arm or leg and, and you know, hope that, you know, it, it restricts it to the right amount. These are actually cuffs that you uh, inflate to a certain, it's got a spig on it, so you can actually measure how much pressure that you're doing because different types of pressure will create different types of uh, impacts of changes. And that's, um, you know, everyone's always asked me about blood flow restriction training. And, and the original ones, Katsu out of Japan, they're fantastic, but they were also $10,000, $12,000 for the set. Uh, these guys have figured out in the States uh, for, I think it's about $1,500 that uh, you can get the full kit for the arms and the legs. And so you can actually uh, measure the amount of pressure because that's been always my challenge uh, for that. What, what have you found in with the blood flow restriction? Yeah, no, I haven't had a lot of experience with that. Um, not something I've, I can give you a lot on, Ken. Yeah, there's a ton of science uh, on it, especially in uh, hospitals uh, and for different disorders. So it does work. 
my problem with it always been is that uh, people just inappropriately didn't know how much pressure. And if you do it on the wrong person, if someone is prone to clotting, you could really set them off on a bad plan. You know, you could definitely create a stroke. So that's been the challenge that I've always had. So um, they're doing uh, good work. So we're going to see if we can get them in uh, to uh, to present on some stuff. Again, definitely some 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 challenges are risk there. The last person I spoke to with a similar experience was a knee replacement um, patient, from one of the most successful coaches in in the NBL here in Australia over the years, and just had a knee replacement. He said one of the greatest pains post surgery was where the tourniquet was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you got to know what you're doing <laughs> and who you should be doing it to, just like anything. <laughs> so can I, I think you, you exhibitors get really well served there because of the location, at least in the past, where you, the exhibitors have been outside the, the lecture yeah, rooms. And yeah, they're right outside the presentation room. So when you walk out, you, you run right into them. So very uh, accessible. Um, I've done it before where you stick them in a room and no one goes into the room, even if you put coffee and food, you know, people would just get that and walk back out. So I thought, you know what, I'll just get a dozen exhibitors, we'll put them out in the hallway and people have interaction with them uh, all the time. And it was pretty funny because um, Dave Tate um, on the Saturday, uh, he just grabbed a chair and put it in this one booth and just sat in the booth all day and i asked him i said why'd you do that he says you know what he says everyone wants to chat with me he says i actually wanted to go in and listen to the sessions but everyone wanted you know you know wants some access so i give him full access and i just sat here and would wait until people come up and talk to me and you know take pictures and you know i can answer some of their questions and everything else he says i'm just giving back and, you know, and, and that's just the attitude of a lot of these different people. Hell, you know, Dave in uh, 2015, he, the airline screwed him up and they, they wouldn't let him on the flight. He said he was too late, which he really wasn't. But he was like, okay, fine. So he jumped in his truck and he drove from Columbus, Ohio up to uh, Toronto. It's an eight hour drive because he didn't want to miss the, the event. He didn't want to disappoint people. That's the level. You don't hear that every day. Absolutely, and the other thing that stands out to me is there's the interaction between the different disciplines. You know, yeah. on paper and in reality, there is some, there is some, you know, animosity conflict or you know, um, mud throwing between the different disciplines. But once you get there, um, you know, I, I really noticed in particular to um, Dorian, for example, the sort of respect he got from the powerlifters was 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 remarkable. Yeah, yeah, they they did, and vice versa. You know, uh, so the bodybuilders and the powerlifters, yeah, they, they kind of dropped. And even with the different disciplines of physio and chiro and all that, there was no uh, mudslinging or anything else. It's like, oh, so you do it that way. Oh, cool. So all of a sudden, all the professional stuff kind of dropped by the wayside. And, you know, everyone just wanted to learn, primarily the presenters. They were learning more than, you know, other people. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Great learning opportunity. So again, I'm just going to remind everyone who else is on the call, you know, can, can be more than happy to have a chat with you. If you had a question or a comment, but you just need to put your hand up electronically speaking um, so we can see that coming through. And just checking that. So you won't know the numbers yet fully, Ken, for this year, but I'm assuming you're on track. 
Yeah, this uh, it's it's this one will sell out. Um, I can only hold about 750 people, and uh, the first week we already uh, since I opened up registration, we're up about 110 people already. So it's 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 going to definitely be uh, a huge hit that way. Um, the price is really cheap. It's three hundred ninety nine dollars, you know, for the three days. Um, Canadian, which is you know, I think it comes out to about three hundred and ten dollars U.S. It's it's very very financially viable. And for all the listeners uh, that are on here. Um, I'll give you a discount code, um, and what that will be is SWIS 2018-KING, K-I-N-G, and that'll get you $45 off the registration price. So if you do want to come, uh, I think I already have seen, I just checked registration today, and there's four people flying in from Australia to, uh, to see the event. Uh, I know that it's a long trip. But uh, there really isn't anything else out there that is like this. And uh, you'll you'll make friends. You'll see things that you've never seen before. And it'll just advance your training and, and treatment protocols, you know, tenfold. Because you have access to these people and you'll get their personal email addresses and be able to chat with them and everything else. But, yeah, if you want to come, you can um, I'll send in the uh, registration. You can just go to the website, SWIS2018.com. All the information is there. And if you want to use the discount code that uh, I created for Ian, it's uh, SWIS2018-KING. And uh, that will automatically give you $45 off when you put the discount code in. So it drops it to under three hundred dollars from the states, which is a oh, joke. Yeah. <laughs> really appreciate that, Ken. We're going My to take pleasure. we're going to take a, a, a question or comment from Coach Cav, who you know well. Oh, Cav's on. Yeah, I couldn't miss you two guys getting on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, oh my gosh. As you guys know how much I care about both of you um, and what I've learned, but um, I am I'm, I'm so pumped for uh, this year's Swiss. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so, for, so, for, so for the people, uh, Cav is actually presenting. So he's going to do assessment, strength, and conditioning for speed programs. So uh, this is this is going to be awesome to finally see Cav in uh, do his work because I haven't seen him uh, present yet. Yeah, looking forward to it. Well, it's it will it's going to be an honor, and I am nervous as heck, as I could tell you that. <laughs> but um, what I really want to know is, you know, one of my favorite things about Swiss is is the hallway, is the fact that you'll spend so much time, is the fact that you know, doesn't matter who you are, um, you know, that person's basically all there. The presenters don't leave just for the, no, their, their ninety minutes and then leave like every conference. Um, they're so it's super it's awesome just to kind of see that but what i'm really kind of just so intrigued about and it's interesting is the the amount of different disciplines that you have but at the highest level so whether it be somebody on the um on the human performance side whether it be on the the medical side of things um the the non-traditional like Western medicine or the people that are on the sports performance rehabilitation and chiropractor that traditionally can't stand each other. 
And the yeah. synergy amongst them, even at the highest level of sport, is where the majority of politics and drama ensues at the highest level of organization. And these guys get paid to be in the job. The fact that you put them all in one room in those disciplines is just unbelievable. What I'm really interested in is how do you then kind of bridge that gap as we enter into 2018 for Swiss this year? How do we bridge the gap so that when people leave there, it resonates to the entire industry as a whole, and then people understand that there's other people in different disciplines that could actually enhance what you do instead of potentially inhibit your ability to do your job because more often than not the drama is what restricts the growth in most of these sporting organizations that i work with yeah um so to answer your question what i'm going to be doing and i haven't really announced this yet um so this will be the first time anyone's ever heard this is that i'm going to be creating a swiss membership and what that will be is that you'll have access to uh all the different types of information uh, from myself, but also from other presenters. Um, and for everyone that signs up, it will be a bonus. So it, it's a $90 membership fee. Uh, if you come to Swiss 2018, you get that for free. So I'm going to try and create the community where we can all work together, you know, past the symposium. The symposium is like, a, you know, it's like friggin' Woodstock. You know, you just bring all the top bands together and, you know, it's an incredible experience. Or Coachella is the other one that's out in California right now. Um, but the biggest thing is to create a tribe, create a community of like-minded people. Um, I find the other people that tend to put things down because it doesn't fit in their model or the only way that they can become more significant is by putting down other people. And, uh, you know, they, they can continue doing what they do, um, but we don't necessarily need to work with them. And uh, people will find the best people in the world and we can all work together that way. Um, number of models work, but if you, if you have a model and that's what you present on, then that's all you're going to try and protect. And sometimes you got to put down other things. My model is everything works. And I just got so many different you know, modalities. I really don't care what works. I just want it to work. And uh, you just find like-minded people that also do that and then create a referral system back and forth, uh, whether someone would be in California or, you know, in Australia, you know, who's the best person for this? Who's the best person to help me get ready for a powerlifting contest or for a bodybuilding show or any of these different aspects of it? Because uh, unfortunately, you know, you have the online coaching, which is, man, that's turned into sort of the bastard son of uh, personal training, you know, in the sense of it's just well-intentioned, bad advice, you know, the, some of these people have never competed before in a bodybuilding show and they're coaching people on how to do it. You know, their diet and their training, they charge them $200 I know, a month to give them a photocopy presentation or a workout program that they give everyone. So I'm trying to do something a little bit different where you can find the best in the world, people that take it to the next level and how do we access that? So I'm working with one company right now where um, it'll build a, they're going to build a referral platform 
And so if you need a doctor or you need a trainer or something specific, that will set that up. The second thing I'm doing is I'm building a closed Facebook group, especially for Swiss 2018, where we can all interact and all educate each other on what we do. So, you know, a lot of people say, oh, don't push your wares or anything else. I'm doing the exact opposite. Let me know how great you are. Let me know what you are really, really, really good at. And I'll send you a ton of patience. You know, that's that's the biggest thing that we need to do is understand we can all work together. And the people that want to run their universe, they can, they can continue to do that. But we don't necessarily need to work with them. I don't know if I answered your question, but I, uh, that, that's what I'm focused on right now. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, just by being fortunate enough to be in that room with all those people, um, the amount of, you know, just trust that other people have in their, their expertise because they're not trying to stay in, they're not trying to own every, every lane. They're just trying no. to get everybody the, the best quality information possible. That helps. I think it's when you're, Everything to everyone, you're nobody to no one. You know what? And I learned that with uh, Stu McGill. You know, and when I brought Swiss back in 2015, you know, I phoned up Stu and I said, hey, do you want to come and present? Because he presented for me in uh, 2001. And he says, what are you focused on? I said, uh, the shoulder. He says, nope. He says, when you do the low back, give me a call. I said, okay. Mm -hmm. So in 2016, when I was finished 2015 and started put 2016 together, I phoned up Stu. I said, we're doing the back. He says, great. I'm there. So he's probably the smartest person in the sense of he focuses on something very, very specific. And you're doing the same thing, Cab, you know, as far as you're focusing in on speed and how do you get someone faster? You know, whether it be on ice, on a playing field, whatever it may be, speed is, you know, is, is one of the kingpins of that. For me, I'm really, really, really good at weight training injuries. If someone has a cycling injury, I refer them out. Number one, I don't know anything about cycling. I can help you, but I know some people that are really good runners. So there's different, doc, you know, chiros and physios that, you know, I refer off to saying, you know, go, go check these people out. They will help you more than, more than me. But if you want to squat a thousand, okay, I'll help you with that. So really understanding what your lane is and also what you're passionate and what you're focused in on. So yeah, the specialty, the, the focus. And it's also really good for business because then people are looking for who's the best at this, you know, and that's what you're looking for. Awesome, well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, this, uh, you know, I, I it's funny because this uh, the symposium and the schedule and all that and I sent the schedule to uh, Ian. I don't know if you looked at it, Ian, um, but it's this thing is packed. Like, I mean, when you look at it, it, it's like, how do you decide where to go? Like, I mean, there's just so many good, phenomenal presentations all happening at the same time. And so there's, there's going to be some people that are pissed off that you know why'd you put this person the presenters are getting pissed off at me i want to go see this guy why'd you put me on at the same time <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> so so yeah it's fun it's fun actually i appreciate justin the question i know there's a few others on the call but they might be a bit shy um they've got about 15 seconds to put their hand up and otherwise we'll keep moving 
So we look forward, as Ken said, to, to Justin's presentation and many others. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and what you're you're presenting on uh, does powerlifting transfer to sport? What are you gonna? What what are you specifically talking about? So I used as a little bit of a tease, but but you know not completely. Because this is the thing for me. The the two things that hold athletes back from from fulfilling their potential from a strength training perspective. And when, when I talk about athletes, I'm talking about athletes in any discipline because uh, my, my my niche based upon my life's experiences that have coming athletes from from any sport to me and say listen i want to be the best in the world can you help me and the greatest challenge is and is number one injuries and number two transfer and we've talked a lot about injuries so i've stepped stepped aside from that one for this event and i'm going to talk about the other um last frontier of of sport from a strength training perspective and that is transfer and I, i'm pretty clear on that People don't understand transfer. You know, the yeah, concept of individualization is not taught at all. Or if it's taught, it's it's not done. But the discussion of transfer doesn't even exist. I mean, the word the word specificity is out there, but the word transfer is is almost non-existent in the vernacular of the world. So, it's it's a phenomenal area. Now, you know, in, as far as strength running goes, if if I put a one kilo dumbbell in your hand and ask you to do one thing once, and that changed your ability to play sport, that's a fantastic thing. You know, we, there's no obligation for us to go in there and, and, and squat, bench and deadlift. You know, there's no right. guarantee that, that, that anything that we've heard of in the past is going to transfer to sport. And yep. the, the interesting thing about a, a strength training from a sporting perspective is the influence of America. Now, from and I'm, I'm a student of history. I love history. From my understanding of history, and I say history because I wasn't necessarily there in the 50s and the 60s, is that strength training was introduced to American sport through American football by weightlifters and powerlifters, full stop. So it's no surprise that there is a, a strong and lasting residue of the impact of the teachings of the strength sports on sport. And as strength training filtered away from American football down through the other disciplines that say for example existed at college level they did and they still do to this day you can still see the remnants of powerlifting teaching i mean i worked with a, a golfer um recently who came out of a very strong golfing college in america and you know golf like really um so it's a, it's an area that that i've been challenged to become very good at to help athletes be the best in the world or return to their, their best form after injury. And therefore, it's something that I, th I think we've got a lot to talk about. And, and hopefully there'll be um, enough people there who, who are involved as I am in, in, in sport and transferring strength training to sport, because this is potentially the last frontier, the most neglected area of strength training in the world of sport. So that's a quick summary, Ken. Yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm glad that you're talking about that because I just see uh, so many things and we're starting to see it more and more. Um, I, I like Matt Nickel, good friend of mine, strength coach, um, says, you know, what does squatting on a Swiss ball do? Um, it basically makes you good at squatting on a Swiss ball. It, mm -hmm. it, doesn't, it doesn't transfer to a lot of stuff and, and a lot of people sort of invent things without really understanding why are you doing it and what is the actual end result that you're trying to accomplish um, and we 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 miss that and I, and it'd be great for you to talk about you know should you be doing these different lifts and and will it actually make a difference 
because a lot of times it won't. And the, the, the challenge that a lot of people have when they're conditioned to believe that you can't you can't believe it or it's not evident until it's been published in a peer-reviewed double-blind study <laughs> yeah. is that, you know, we've got a whole world of people who are judging their own performance on the basis of whether the bench press, the squat and the deadlift came up for their cohort that year relative yeah. to their results from last year. And they've got the blinders on. The only thing that matters to me is the scoreboard. And this, yeah. the scoreboard doesn't tick over if they're injured, number one. But it, when it does tick over, and this is one thing I love about the Olympics, is it's one of the last bastions where, where athletes, generally speaking, get to compete uh, with everybody else in their discipline in the world to find out who really is the best. And, you know, I, I, I'm obliged to use the scoreboard as my as my judgment. And it's not ideal because we can't, you know, we can't control it, we can't repeat it, et cetera, et cetera. But the reality is it is my scoreboard. The, the, yeah. the the podium and the and the scoreboard is the determinant, and because of, there's so many variables in between, I understand it's difficult. Um, so you have to come with 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 a, with a level of trust and, and a willingness to open. But I can tell you now, from watching this sport, from sitting in you know in in Div One colleges in the, in the 1980s and asking them, why are you letting him go again? He just failed in that lift. Why in this testing yeah. day? Why is he going again? And the next one's crashing his head. And I'm saying, why are you doing this? It's because they wanted to show a better statistic on paper to justify their existence. I mean, that is not good enough in an independent environment where your relationship between the athlete and you is, hey, listen, Ian, I'm not getting any better. I'm going. You know, yeah. I, I, that's not my that's not my gig. So you know, we've there's so much we, we can do better. You know, we can do better. And I'm going to share with you my 40 years of experience in this area and. You know, take it or leave it. But um, you know, if you leave a trail of clues, someone will learn from it. Yeah, and, and that's the biggest thing. And uh, you know, the cool thing with Swiss is that we just have so many veterans, uh, people that have been in the game for a long time, um, and this is what works. Um, some of the stuff we know why, some of the stuff we don't. But then here are the different variables of how to actually use it. How do you, and that's the art of training or the art of treatment is we all understand how to do things, but the art is, should you be doing it? And, and is it applicable to what you're trying to accomplish, which is either win a game, lift heavier weight, whatever it may be, you know, develop more muscle, you know, and, and what are the different strategies for that? And that's the true art. And that's what, that's the wisdom that you're going to be bringing in to to explain to that that flies in the face of you know a lot of books and a lot of articles and everything else but you know it's you got to take it case by case you really do it, it you know it's a tough gig for me going in, in, in an environment where I, i'm going to say something like well you know maybe not every athlete needs to do the squat bench and deadlift because if you right. looked at the employment alone in american colleges I, I, i'd say there's a high proportion of, of strength coaches in america have powerlifting backgrounds and yep. it would be almost perceived as a personal insult or a personal threat. And I go, hey, listen, I love the sport and I've got a, I've got a background in the sport, but I, I, I kind of like the athlete's success a little bit more than whatever emotional powerlifting. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to tell them I still love them, but, you know, <laughs> it, it might hurt. Well, if it, it could hurt, I don't know. It, it could be ripping the Band-Aid. I'm not sure. We'll see. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh my gosh! Uh, well, I know it's late there in, um, in 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 Canada, and I'm going to let um, Ken get off and spend time doing 
things he needs to do. You can hear he's got an incredible schedule servicing his client bases. I know he's a phenomenal service provider as well as creating the, the single best educational event in the world. Thank you. Thank you. And related industries. Thank you. Yeah, and, and it's and it's just a lot of fun. You know, that's that's the whole thing. I go in the attitude that this is going to be a lot of fun for me, and I just try and make it fun for everyone else. So there's uh, always uh, some highly entertaining events happening all the time. So it's it's a real pleasure and honor to have uh, you coming out again, and uh, for all the other presenters too. This is going to be quite the event quite the event. So I hope to uh, have a number of uh, your listeners on um, uh, come out. Uh, it's going to be, um, and it's funny because everyone's saying, oh, I got to put Swiss on the bucket list. And uh, I'm like, Swiss isn't a bucket list thingy. It's, you know, going to the Great Wall of China or going to see the Eiffel Tower, that's a bucket list because it's going to be there. This will never happen again. I, I'll, uh, I'm guaranteed that I will not be able to get these presenters back together, uh, nor should I. Uh, it'll it'll show up a lot different at the ne next one, uh, which will also be good. But this this one here, um, and and I'm still three months out, and uh, the the people that are approaching me every day that are coming up with ideas and concepts. Um, I was ch just chatting with uh, Ed McNeely, who I saw his presentation on force plates. So he's using force plates with the uh, Olympic athletes, computerized force plates. So he wants to come out and present on some of the force plate training um, and application. Um, so to actually be able to quantify what all the different dysfunctions are and also your training. So it's a completely different parameter. So that's just been in the last two days. So, I mean, I'm, like I said, this, this is going to transcend anything that I've done before just because of the people that are showing up and um, it's, it's going to be an event not to be missed. So um, yeah, you, you got to go. <laughs> that's all I have to say. Yeah, that's what we're telling people, Ken, and we, we, we tell that every time and we appreciate everything you do, Ken. I, I know we say it and hopefully you you're, it sinks in, but uh, you do a phenomenal job Thank helping you. people globally and connecting so many practitioners. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's always been a pleasure and honor to work with you and appreciate all the support over the years that uh, you've given me and, you know, some of the ideas and, you know, it hasn't been easy sometimes from a financial aspect, um, but, you know, I, I continue to soldier on and, and do it and um, I'll continue to do it. So it's, yeah, it's been wonderful. Absolute awe of what you do and that's why we support you and, and I will continue uh, through to the event to, to encourage people to make it their, the, the number one event for them this year. So Ken, thanks for, for giving us your, your time you. so, so generously and to everybody who did join us on the call and to everybody who's listening to this audio between now and the event and, and obviously when we put this up in the podcast from the next week, we'll have a lot more uh, traffic on that. We, we look forward to, to talking with you at the event if, if we've not met before and you heard about it on this event, certainly come up and talk to us uh, in Toronto in, uh, during the event. Let us know. So appreciate. Great. Thank you so much. And uh, I'll see you in October, Ian. My pleasure. Thanks, Ken. Thank you.